Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I sit down with Ashley Logsdon. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. Ashley is someone that I discovered through her podcast, uh, Mama Says Namaste, and um, that is her website as well. So I found it super enlightening. We chat everything from personality types to uh, being a mom and incorporating yoga into their lives. So not only does she do it, she does it with her three girls and her husband, and they are traveling around the U.S. on an RV. So she runs a business and is traveling with her girls. They are doing um, an unschooling process. So we learn and chat more about what that is. And it's a really fascinating conversation. I'm super excited to share it with you guys. This is something that I found or wanted to know more about too with living in an RV and how do you make everything work? Because I love to travel. And um, I think that living in an RV for even a year would be something fascinating. So she tells us a little bit how they're making that work. And they've been traveling for nine and a half months. And, um, you know, just the lifestyle that that brings and how to have that calmness. Because obviously, when you're traveling in tight quarters, it is going to get a little stressful at times. And she talks about how everything stays calm during this process. So she also has an awesome um, freebie giveaway at the end. Um, So that can be found over in the show notes. But I'm super excited to bring this interview with you guys today. And without further ado, here is today's interview with Ashley. Welcome to the Peaceful Power podcast. Today, I am here with Ashley Logsdon, and I'm super excited to chat kind of everything like motherhood, yoga, uh, living in RV. Like I want to learn all of the stuff that you're up to because it sounds so fun. But first I want to know a little bit more about you and how you came into yoga and about this RV life that you're living right now. Thanks for having me on. I'm really honored to be on the show and I'm excited to uh, talk about our travels and also the yoga aspect of it. I haven't done a whole lot of the the yoga focus other than the fact that I live and breathe it and my website's Mama Says Namaste. So I'm excited to dive in a little bit more. Um, Yoga has, I was trying to think back as far as when I first started doing yoga, and I think when I first started kind of seriously doing it as a practice, it was in my, right after college, in my 20s, you know, of course, starting to work off all of the poor choices I might have made in college. So started doing it and I really got excited about the Rodney E videos is what got oh, me started. Yes. And I roped my then boyfriend, now husband into it. And we were pretty, pretty regular with doing those videos. And that just kind of started to develop into a joy of taking those moments to center myself because I am a highly driven person and I'm sure we'll get into this, some of the, what I coach on, the foundation of everything that I do with families is to help them understand their unique personality styles and how the more you are aware of who you are, the more you have understanding for how to be intentional about your life and also to have grace for others and where they're coming from. So 
um, my personality style tends to be very go, 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 and I can be very task focused. And so taking that time in yoga to stop and to center myself and to be able to um, kind of take a deep breath and pause, I recognized how much that helped me in my success in life, in my lowered stress level, and my ability to actually accomplish more when I stopped for a minute. Hmm. So um, after that, I've, I've done a variety of different things. And right before we left, for the two years before we left, I was an assistant at a hot yoga studio. This is my first introduction to hot yoga. Didn't know much about it or anything and started just got a group on deal and ended up really loving it. And this is from a person that at that point hated the heat. Mm -hmm. And I went in and the practice was, it was, it was perfect. It was what I needed and I needed to get out of the house and uh, take a break from being a mama and have something that was strictly for me in a place with only adults. (laughs) And, um, and being the, an assistant was an incredible way to do it because I was able to, you know, I volunteered for doing it. So I got free yoga and I, the, the requirement is I had to go twice a week to assist, which was perfect because then I had no excuses. I really did need to go and do it. So it kept me accountable. And those two years of doing the hot yoga really ingrained it into my everyday life so much so that my husband and I both do it regularly our children do and every morning we wake up and sun salutations start our day and then I do resets throughout the day where we just stop and do some stretches so yeah that's been really powerful for us oh that sounds so awesome and I love that your whole family practices yoga together like that, oh, that's what I, I have some of those little um, kids books for my son once he's probably uh-huh. a little bit older to try to like teach him some of the poses. Um, Cause I think it's so beneficial for kids to kind of get that yoga aspect into their lives. Have you noticed a difference with your girls? Oh my God. Yes, very much so. It's really helped with understanding the breath. Um, Mm -hmm. There is a YouTube channel and she's got a website too, but Cosmic Kids Yoga. And it's fabulous. They're fun stories. And so it's always a fun background. And she's teaching yoga classes. And she has two parts. She has, she has a whole bunch of different things now. But she introduces these new episodes. They're themed like Frozen and Harry Potter and dinosaurs. You know, fun things for kids. It teaches them yoga. And she also has a, a section called Zenden, which is mindfulness meditation. And they are wonderful. My kids really loved them. And that kind of opened up that that really helped with them grasping it and being excited about it and um in doing that it's helped us just on you know daily stressors even this morning my daughter was climbing on a campfire ring that she didn't need to be climbing on and she fell and scraped up her legs and she was you know crying and really upset and we immediately brought the attention to her breath and take a deep breath and calm herself down. And that breathing helps her to kind of get from that point of hyperventilating and getting too, too upset about something. And she's able to bring herself back to center. So we use yoga practices and meditation and mindfulness in so many ways for us to just, for kids to, to cope with the ups and downs of life. Oh, 
That is awesome. Cause I, I think I definitely, I coached for uh, 10 years, uh, basketball and tennis and uh, some were middle school levels and then others was college level. And I always noticed that I kind of started, especially with tennis at the college level, it really was about kind of bringing it back to the breath and, you know, bringing in some of the yoga aspects, which the kids actually during a match said how much they appreciated it. At first they kind of made fun of it and they're like, you're kind of like the hippie assistant coach. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh wait, no, this makes sense. Like I do need this while I'm in my match because it is so much about calming ourselves down and, you know, having those tools, no matter what age, it's so beneficial throughout the day. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, whatever stereotype you want to say with the hippie and the yogi guru, whatever. Well, look at those people. They tend to be more laid back and happier. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not just a I'm hippie because I'm going to eat a granola bar and only use natural products. No, it's the whole point of it is the bringing awareness to yourselves. The more we are aware, the more we can be intentional. Mm-hmm. And when I coach and when I work with families, what I do is I take them from chaos to clarity by helping them to be intentional about the, the family that they want to create because curveballs happen all the time. You throw children into the mix and oh my gosh, you know, I mean, who's sick today? Who just wet their pants? You know, there's always some kind of drama and thing going on. So we can quickly go into reactive mode. So all we are doing is responding to what chaos throws our way and we can be a victim of circumstance. And we have moms especially that'll do this where their whole day has gotten away from them because all they're doing is responding to what is the current demand of their child. And it can be really overwhelming. It can be a hard thing to get out of, but it's not a, you know, the way that you do it is some drill sergeant comes in and lays down, this is exactly how everybody has to act. It's simply a shift in awareness on taking responsibility. This is where I'm at. If I feel out of control, if I feel um, like I am insecure or I'm feeling criticism, what are these trigger points that are going to make me react versus being intentional? And how can I recognize the beauty of who I am, what my strengths are, be able to live in that and move forward with a plan and a vision of this is what I want my day to be like. So yeah, I can get really angry at the fact that it's raining and we had, we planned a big park play date today, or I can remember my intention for the day is to connect with my kids. Okay. How can we do this in another way? And we'll move from that. So even when those curveballs and, you know, circumstances happen, we know what our intention is so that we can still stay focused and find that, you know, find that Zen that we, that we do when we're in our yoga practice. Mm. So do you give yourself like an intention at the start of each day or a theme of the week, or how do you kind of bring about that in your life? Well, we created a family vision. And so we sat down as a family and we started it just with my husband and I, and Nathan and I kind of brainstormed what things we really thought family should look like to us. What was important to us? What things did we want to make sure that we incorporated? And one of those things, of course, was travel. And so we made the decision that we did not want to live for one day. 
and we have experienced and most of us have we've experienced loss in our lives and family dynamics that have maybe broken down or shifted or the death of a loved one and recognize the importance of the present moment and that life is sweet and it's 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 short and you don't know when the next day is going to be your last and so the working and living toward that one day goal sometimes one day doesn't happen or by the time one day happens you have been so focused on getting there that you've lost the connection and the relationships that you were aiming or aiming to spend time with later so we first decided we aren't going to live for one day and we want to go ahead and name those bucket list items, those things that we really wanted to do and we wanted to go ahead and put a date on it. We're gonna do this. And the only thing holding so many people back is just acting on that dream or that idea or whatever, the big bucket list thing is traveling the world, the country in an RV or whatever it is. So we did that. Then we came and we discussed everything as a family and we asked the girls input. We, I have three girls, they're 10 seven and four and i we asked their input and what things they really wanted to do we drew we put out a whole sheet of paper on our kitchen table and had tons of markers and crayons and stuff and we all drew pictures of things that excited us and things that made us think of our family and that we wanted to do and that we enjoyed and then we decided to create a family vision that was simple because again, I have small kids. I wanted something that they could remember. My mom had a beautiful poem that she had for our family vision and she uh, stuck it up in next to the toilet and on the refrigerator, the two places you go to all the time. And so we all memorized it and we knew that this was kind of our mantra for our home. So for ours, it is explore, respect, listen, connect, learn, and love. And so they learn those six words and those six words are our intention every day. How are we doing these things? How can we explore things? How can we respect others, respect this earth that we live on? How can we learn something? Oh, wait, next is listen. How can we listen to one another? Not just listening with our, as we build our rebuttal, but really silencing our mind and listening to one another. How can we connect with one another? on a deeper level and understand the beauty in each one of us and how the uniqueness in each of us strengthens all of us. And then how we can learn and be lifelong learners, which we are, if you ask any of, or any of my children, we end school. And so I say, you know, girls, where do you go to school? Everywhere. Who's your teacher? <laughs> Everyone. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> because we are all lifelong learners and we have the opportunity to learn from somebody, whether they're two or 82 or anywhere in between. So we have that and then love. And that's really our bottom line is be love. And how can we be love every day? And how can we show love? What's our goal? And the things that we say, is it really bringing us back to love and connection? Or is it just to you know, jab a wound or criticize or shut down. Hmm, that is so cool. Like, and those, um, oh, Kate Stillman, I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of her work, but I just took an Ayurveda course from her and she kind of did a family value something similar. And so, um, like the older my son gets, the more I'm like, oh, this sounds like 
I mean, since your youngest daughter is four, like this is something mm-hmm. you can do, you know, like it doesn't have to be this, like you wait till they're 15 or 16. I mean, this can be done when they're young. Right. Right. Yeah. I wrote a whole blog post on it and have video of the girls presenting it with their pictures and everything else. And yeah, it, it they really enjoyed it. And they love the fact that they have their own little mantras and their own little sayings and things that epitomize what this family is. So when I say, you know, who's the Logston family, they have some words to really identify their role and who they are and what is important to us as a family. Oh, that is so cool. So I know another thing that um, you work with is like the personality types. So within Mm -hmm. your family, you know, having the three girls, I'm sure everyone has a different personality. So how do kind of those roles and dynamics play out? And I know you study this. Why do you think it's so important? Uh, Well, so I have run my father's business. I have helped him with managing all of the online portion of his business for the past 14 years. And he's an author and a career coach. And one of the critical components that he has always used is the DISC personality profiles. Well, I've always been fascinated in behavior and just understanding how people tick. Got a degree in psychology, and I really started learning more about the personality styles. There are a lot of profiles that are out there, and you can do a Myers-Briggs or a Strengths Finder or DISC. Or, I mean, there's, there's tons that are out there. And the reason why I have used the DISC profiles is honestly because of their simplicity of use. They're, they're very easy to understand, and it goes back to the four quadrants, which work in so many elements. You have four quadrants of your brain, and it's connected in that way. There are the earth elements, fire, water, earth, and air, that all can fit into these personality types. There's so many ways that you can assess it. And at this point, I use the personality profiles not as a label and an identifier to say, oh, well, my daughter Claire is a C, so that's why she's that way. Mm -hmm. No, what it is, and I've even, I'm in the process right now of adding some profiles for children and renaming some of the stuff because when you see personality profile, for your family, first thing is, and eh, not interested, don't need a label, whatever. And I want to make sure that I position this not as a, this is a test and your child is going to be X, Y, or Z, or you are going to be this way. This is a snapshot. And so I use this in my first initial coaching is called family portrait sessions. And what I'm doing is taking a snapshot of your inner self. And so what this is and what this profile does is it lays out some some concepts of this is what your strengths are. This is what motivates you. These are, this is a fear of this personality style. So you may react in a negative behavior. Me as a, as a high D, I can start out and I can be a visionary and a leader and great at delegating and inspiring people. But if I feel out of control and my life is going too crazy and everything else, I can become a drill sergeant and a micromanager, super impatient and barrel over people. <laughs> If I recognize that and I recognize my trigger is not feeling in control, what can I do to gain control in a little way so that I don't take this out on my family? And me just understanding that one thing, I mean, I've used an example, 
of me coming from yoga class with this exact scenario. And I've got all kinds of stuff in my head that I need to do. And so my first inclination is to come in and immediately start barking orders at everybody. You know, Nathan, you need to do this. Claire, go pick this up. Ellie, do this. And I go through and I have everybody doing stuff and I'm sharp barking orders. Or I can sit on my, sit in my car, take my little to-do list on my app on my iPhone, write out everything so I brain dump and get it out of my head and onto a piece of paper. And then I am able to let it go, dump it, let it go. And then I can look at the list and I can pick priority on which one is the most important that I need to get to at this time. But it's not so much of a full focus of what's going on. So. I love that. I love that idea of sitting in the car and brain dumping because I also (laughs) find myself doing the same thing. And I'm like, that's a great idea for anyone else who is also a control freak and likes to say, do this, do this, do this. Take a breath. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that everything on the list has to be checked off for anything else because what I'm looking for is one thing. What's Mm -hmm. one thing I can do? And for me, sometimes it's like one thing, go to yoga class and I cross it out because I already did it. (laughs) Like it, it can be something as simple as that where I need to cross some stuff out just so I feel some sense of control and I don't feel like I have to have it all organized in my head. So understanding those personality styles really help in being able to be more connected and in touch with your family. Um, With my children, knowing that I have two very different personality styles as far as their social stimulation. None of my kids are shy. All of my kids can run up and talk to anyone, but for my kids time out is a punishment for two and a reward for the other Mm. and me knowing that and recognizing that was huge so when i understood that my daughter clara can socialize and be great but there is a point where she's at her max and i say hey babe you want to take a time out and she says yes thank you because for her just me recognizing the fact that you know not all children are the same and anybody who's a parent of more than one child can attest to the fact that parenting is not just one way of doing it for your whole family because each one is going to come with their own needs and their own dynamics and so because I was able to recognize that and meet her where she's at, now I know, okay, when I start seeing her digging her heels in, I can understand what's deeper than the surface, that it's not just a Band-Aid approach of, oh, she doesn't want to eat her food. Maybe it's she's feeling something else on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I use the example with an S personality style. Um, they tend to be a little bit more quieter and reserved. And um, a situation, something as simple as you've got a teen who's got a bad attitude and doesn't clean her room. And your first thought is to go in and say, you know, you're a part of this family. You need to clean up this room and make it spotless. And I'm tired of it being a wreck. But maybe it has nothing to do with the room. Maybe it has to do with some insecurity that she's dealing with in school and she's shutting down in other areas of her life because of it. Recognizing the personality styles of the people in your family allow you to get such insights so that you can go into that deeper connection and not just do a band-aid approach of seeing this one action and trying to battle that one action with your kids. That is, I really like that approach, especially with kids. Um, But one thing I want to ask is how, how do you get people to do this when they say, I don't have time to decipher 
the kids' personalities? What about those people who might not take the time to really pay attention to this? The, well, there's, I mean, it may sound a little harsh, but it's... No, let it fly. <laughs> why, why did you choose to have children? What do you want your relationship to look like? We have as much time as, I mean, we have time for what we prioritize. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that have time to watch their sitcoms at night or their series at night. And they're, um, they have time to, uh, whatever, hop on Facebook and troll Facebook for an hour and a half. They can get lost in this world of screen time. Well, your time is a direct reflection of what you value. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I talk about that when, when people hesitate on marriage and family coaching. Um, I'm not a counselor. I'm not the one you come to when you are in the process of a divorce. What I am is I'm the one that keeps you from getting to that point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not looking at just processing all of the pains of the past. A coach moves forward. We're looking for, the, we only redress the past in relation to what it is for going forward. But my goal is not this is all broken and now we just need to talk through it. It is, where do you want to be? Let's create actionable steps to get you there because unless you act, you're never going to have it. You can dream of what you thought family was going to be, but family can take a whole other course if you just let it go and respond and react to it. So creating an intention and choosing to invest, we can justify investing in business time and time again. No problem. Let's, you know, I'll buy this. I'll invest in this course because it's going to help me make tons of money. But you can't take money with you. Like money does not last. And that legacy of money only goes so far before it stops. But the legacy of connection and relationships can go generation to generation to generation. And how powerful is it to have those deep connections? So for me, I 100% believe it's worth investing in. It's worth spending time and being intentional about so that family doesn't just become a, you know, a burden and a weight on your shoulder. Mm. Seth Godin uses a quote that says, instead of dreaming when your next vacation will be, try to create a life that you don't want to escape from. Yes, I love that. Oh. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think um, definitely after, you know, being a mom, I can see how things shift. And I think that, um, like sometimes that we think stuff that used to be so important to us, I think hopefully it changes, you know, as kids are coming into the mix, cause stuff, life changes, like we evolve as mm -hmm. people and, um, as it should. And I think that, you know, seeing your kids grow, as we talked about before, you know, I hit record is just seeing that evolution of, you know, the kids grow even from my son, from, you know, being like three months old to now a year and a half. Like it's just the changes that they, go through and to see that process and to see their little personalities coming out and to be able to nurture that. I think that's something that um, definitely, you know, your programs are all about and the personality types and just how to communicate with each other. Right, right. And I've got tips and tricks for how to communicate with your child and motivate them because they're wired differently. And while I might challenge my one kid and, and if, I, if I tell Juliet, this is, I challenge you to do this she's more motivated because that excites her. Mm -hmm. But if I do it to my other child, she's going to shut down because she doesn't want to be confronted. She's not a confrontational personality style. Mm -hmm. So understanding that to figure out how to motivate them and you can do it where 
just having a grasp on this when your your son is in the the challenging twos and the three-nager status of being <laughs> three. Um, all of those ups and downs, man, it really helps to make sure that not only you're understanding them, but it gives them the power to find their own voice where you're able to point out, this is something that is a beautiful thing about you. You know, I love that you enjoy sitting in the quiet and taking a time, taking time to just rest. Sometimes we get all crazy and they can see everybody else crazy around them and we're trying to drag them into a play date versus appreciating the fact that that's not something that they really need or want right now. Yes. I think I love the, as, so I have three younger brothers and I can see it. I was just back home um, the past few weekends and I don't get to see them a lot because they live a few hours away and they're, you know, live on a farm, but just seeing how all of us have different personalities and some of us, like there's one other brother and I are more similar. And then my other two brothers are more similar, but it's so interesting just to see, you know, from when we were younger, we've kind of stuck with those certain personality traits and, you know, it's kind of stayed through and through. So it's kind of interesting just to see, you know, even from the kids as they get older into adults, I'm sure my mom finds it fascinating because she always knows, oh, I have to be, you know, like this brother is a little bit more quiet. So I have to interact Mm -hmm. with him a little bit different than, you know, me and one of my other brothers who are a little bit more loud and outgoing, you know, just to Mm -hmm. how to bring up personalities so we all can thrive. And I'm sure that's what you do with, you know, when you have three right now, only have my son. So it's a little bit easier, but with three kids, I'm sure you're kind of doing the same thing as how can I make each thrive in their own environment? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Going back to the parents not having time. I mean, my gosh, I understand people get pulled, you get pulled in all different directions. And and for us, we've got, you know, we're negotiating traveling and trying to see all these things. Plus I've got two businesses, plus we're unschooling and we just have three very high energy children. There's a lot of things going, but just taking a little bit of time to block some block stuff out. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're super focused on it. And that can be something from shutting everything down and working on one project for your work, or it may be shutting everything down and spending five super focused minutes just talking with your child. Mm. And it's not about blocking off six hours of every day to, you know, sing your child's praises. No especially with young children, they have short attention spans. They're going to get bored with you. (laughs) They don't want to sit for hours and talk. They're going to run off and play. So soak up those little moments and do it. I mean, give yourself a, you know, two minute timer, two minutes every hour that you just look at your child and connect with them. It doesn't have to be super lengthy. We have time for what's important for us. Yes. So I want to know more about kind of the unschooling that you're doing with your daughters and living in RV. Like, how does that all work? Well, we, uh, we decided that we loved travel. We, when we'd made the decision about not living for one day, I'd read the book, The Firestarter Sessions. Oh, yeah. I have two. It's a good one. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It was fabulous. And it was just what I needed at this time. I was on my first getaway with my husband. We were celebrating our 10-year anniversary. And yes, isn't that sad? It was the first time <laughs> where we left on a trip without our children. But um, We went and I'm reading this book and one of the questions was, you know, what are your goals? And then deeper, what's the feeling behind that goal? What is that feeling that you want to have? And so for us, we recognized that travel was important for us, but it wasn't just travel. It was the feeling in travel. It's that moment of awe and appreciation for the new and exploring new things and how that kind of opened up our 
our minds and got us excited about learning new things. And that fits so much with the unschooling style for us. So with unschooling, we don't, I mean, the difference between unschooling and homeschooling, honestly, there are a gazillion different labels. And I've got a page that is, that digs into it. It's got a great video um, by Sir Ken Robinson talking about creativity. And it's got a whole series that I've done on breaking down what unschooling is and the differences between the, you know, homeschooling, unschooling, radical unschooling, road schooling, world schooling. There's a ton. <laughs> Um, and you know, whatever, it's whatever word works for you. It's not black and white, like most things in life. Mm -hmm. For us, unschooling means we don't have a specific curriculum. We don't follow a protocol and a schedule, and we don't have checkpoints and tests. I don't test my kids. My kids, um, we've tried to figure out what ages they're, or what grades they're supposed to be in if they were in regular school so that they know what to say when other people ask. But it's not about the age and the developmental level. I have a seven-year-old who isn't really reading. I have a 10-year-old who didn't really start reading until she was about eight, and she is now a uh, published, she's co-authored and illustrated a book and is get, does commission work for doing adult coloring pages and wow. um, and different things like that. She's got two other requests for books that she they want to do with her. Wow. She's an entrepreneur. She's had her own business since she was four. Both my older daughters, my seven-year-old and 10-year-old, have their own websites, and a lot of their school is you know, blogging and writing about what they're doing or for my seven-year-old, you know, shooting video and sharing ways that she has, is, is learning stuff. Um, we need to pick hers back up. We've had some internet, uh, <sighs> slow, slow internet connections lately, but, um, her website is Bye Bye I Love You, which I, I love oh, the title. It's cute. And it was completely brought up by her and her thing is wherever you go, remember you are loved. So, you know, their schooling is talking and engaging with people. When we go and go to these national parks or these state parks, national parks, we do the junior ranger programs, which are fabulous. They are free to do. They are super educational. They get a fun little badge and they learn a ton about the places that we're at. So we've done that. We have uh, worked with ornithologists and banded saw wet owls in Virginia. And we have seen, uh, man, so many animals all over the country. Um, my my 10-year-old loves to, uh, we don't do memorization and, re, you know, trying, making them memorize a ton of content. But when we started these travels, we started going across my kids not knowing any states or anything like that. And as we've traveled at this point, I just posted a video a few weeks ago of my daughter reciting every single state in geographical order of how we traveled. And at this point, I think we're up to 35 states wow. that she can rattle off so fast. I have to have her slow down because nobody <laughs> can understand her. Um, she can rattle off every single state, spatially knows exactly where they are and can tell you something about it because we're living hands-on. Our tagline is field trip gypsies because really what we're doing <laughs> is our life is one big field trip. And how fun are field trips in school? Everybody gets excited uh, about field yes. trips today. Best part yeah. of the day. <laughs> exactly. That's our life. So Every day is a field trip. Every day is a potential opportunity for um, learning something new. 
and we are just as much the students as they are. We go together and we may guide them, but it is not our agenda and protocol that they have to know X, Y, Z. My goal is not what they learn, it's that they know how to learn, how to figure out those answers, and that they love doing it and recognize that it's a lifelong process. Wow. So how long is your trip going to be? We don't have an end date. Oh, we've been it. on the yeah, we've been on the road for nine and a half months so far. And we are already plotting out, um, let's see, by the end of this by uh November, we will have covered all of the US except for the Northwest. We want okay. to tackle that next summer because if we, we don't care for the cold, so we'll wait until the <laughs> summer. We're going to hang out in the Keys for December. Um, but we'll, we'll go back up and cover that, and then now we're plan making plans for maybe hitting up Baja, California for next Christmas. So um, we don't have an end date. We check in regularly with our kids, and everybody, I mean, at this point, our kids are dreaming of when they grow up, they're going to get their own uh, truck campers and caravan with us. So. <laughs> We will do this as long as it fits for our family. And that may be, you know, that may be two years, that may be 10. Uh, we just hung out with some friends yesterday who have been on the road for nine years. And wow. we have others that have been on the road for 15, 25 years. So it is completely up to as long as it works for us, we'll do it. Wow, that's so cool. So when you're doing it, do you guys have like, here's where we're going next? Or do you literally just kind of whatever you guys feel like doing that day is what you do? We do a little bit of both. Um, you know, we were in super tight spaces here. So our, our, we moved from a, a brick home that we still have in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where we originated from. And we actually rented out on Airbnb, which is one stream of income that helps us to be able to do what we're doing. Um, but, you know, we're in 240 square feet. If we if it's a super rainy time, you know, <laughs> it can get cramped. So we, you know, we're always looking at well, what's the weather doing and what things are on around in the area. We typically will have a few checkpoints. Okay, well, we really we want to make sure that we go to this place. So we're gonna travel and go there. Right now, um, we have a rally where we have 25 other families that are all full-time families like we are, uh, that are all meeting in Canada in September and having a rally. We did one last February with 85 families, 160 kids wow. that all do this full-time. So, um, so our rally is our checkpoint. So we have until Labor Day week to play around the Northwest. We have until Labor Day week to play around the Northwest and or the Northeast and explore the different states. And, um, and then we'll hit that. And then we've got seven weeks to play before we need to be back in Nashville. So we kind of do a little bit of a lull, but we leave, we have some checkpoints, but we also leave things open because everywhere we go, we meet new people. And we meet locals who say, oh, you've got to go here. Or we meet other travelers that say, we just came from this place and it's fabulous. And so we add a little bit of variety so, or a little bit of flexibility in our schedule so that we can switch things up and go different places if we want. And right now, we really, are, we really want to get every single state. We have a state map and you ha the only way to get the sticker is we have to spend the night in that state. So um, <laughs> we are... We're making sure we're hitting every state, recognizing the fact that we don't have to take it all in. We don't have to force our schedule. If we need a down day, 
and we've been running like crazy, we do a down day because this is not a finite, you know, limited time and opportunity. We have the opportunity to come back. We have the opportunity to travel in different ways. So it doesn't, it takes the pressure off of, you know, when you do your one week vacation and you, have, you go to a place and you've got to hit everything and make sure you see it all. We don't. We, we take in what we want to do because this is a journey and it's a process of enjoying and connecting, not just checking things off the list. Oh, that's so cool. And then final question with the RVs. What has been your favorite state or thing to do that you guys have seen thus far? Oh, man. That one's always changing first off based on new <laughs> things we see. And everybody has different views. But um, the, the two favorite states that we have really enjoyed and that we're going back to is um, Florida. And we've, we've already explored all of northern Florida. We're going to be exploring southern Florida this winter. Um, we really love them. They pride themselves on their state parks being the best state parks. And so the parks are really nice. And, uh, and there's, it's the only place in the states as well where you can see monkeys, which I did not know this. Oh, I did not know that. But I know. I lived a month in, we lived a month in Costa Rica the year yes. before we, we launched. And, um, and we loved that. And as we were going down to Florida, I was saying, man, I'm so excited to be back at the beach. If only they had monkeys. <laughs> and then first thing, first state park we go to, we discover not only did they have monkeys, but our very first canoe trip, the, that was what we saw. Tons of monkeys and That's babies. So cool. hanging out. Got, yeah. So um, Florida was a big one. And then the other one is Utah. And I oh. mean, you could, the number of state parks or of national parks and just incredible things to see in Utah, we barely touched the surface and Zion National Park oh. took our breath away. We've been to, I mean, the Petrified Forest, the Painted Desert, Grand Canyon, all were absolutely incredible. Joshua Tree was amazing. And then we went to Zion and it was just, it was breathtaking in a whole new way because it's in your face. I mean, Grand Canyon, you see this vast canyon. In Zion, you are in it. So that was a really powerful thing. We're really excited about going back and spending more time exploring Zion and the, the, area of Moab, Utah, and um, seeing, you know, different elements in that southern portion of Utah, and we haven't even touched the top, so I know there's tons to see there. Oh, yes, that's like, you're like the third person who's brought up Utah and the Zion Mountains, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I really oh, need yeah. to go there. In the last two years, I've had three people been like, you need to go there, so I'm like, okay, must be a sign. I keep hearing it over and over. Yes. That's, I've yes. been to almost all 50 states, and that's one of the few that I have not been to is Utah, so I'll have to tell my hubby that maybe we should RV it around Utah for a little bit. Oh yeah. If there is any area where if you are an outdoorsy person that those four states, uh, New Mexico and Arizona and Utah and Colorado, that area is just where, you know, where they all meet. That one strip has so many incredible parks to go and explore that you can spend, I mean, you can spend a ton of time just traveling in those areas and they're more boondocker friendly. So that means there's lots of places where you can dry camp and um, just kind of, there are places where you can just do it for free. So um, there's a lot of, of ways you can do it on a very affordable, uh, affordable budget. 
which that's the other thing with RVing. There is no specific demographic. We have had, we've been at a rally where we, there are some people who this is, you know, clearly one of many toys that they have. And there's, you know, they, there's no question with income. And then we have others that this, this was literally their only option. So there's a wide gamut and RVing the States or traveling or anything else doesn't mean you have to have a ton of money and it doesn't mean that as you travel your budget has to stop. For us we knew that we couldn't just stop everything and have this go on forever. So we looked for creative ways that we could work where it's location independent. Oh, that's so cool and that's how you kind of have been running your business is just stopping connecting to Wi-Fi and going. Is that mm -hmm. pretty much how you've been making it work? Uh, yeah, I have a little jetpack hotspot, and so as long as I can get either a Verizon signal or an AT&T signal between my phone and my jetpack, I have internet, and all of my coaching is done through Zoom video calls, so I get the face-to-face -face interaction, but it's not that I have to be in that, in that location, and the beauty of it is if we want to be in that location, we can travel to it, and I can do a face-to-face. -face. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Yes. I'm, I love to travel myself and I'm like always fascinated with the RVing across the U S totally something I would do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my husband would be as game for it, but <laughs> I well, I'm working on the landing page to give tips. So maybe it'll, maybe it will help to motivate him in that way. Yes. Spark some interest and to do some uh, yoga. Cause I've also tried exactly. to get him to do that. <laughs> That my husband was not into it at first, and then I had him join for a little bit, and he ended up actually being the one that kept me accountable in my practice. Oh. He does it more religiously than I did for a long time. Wow. So he's, he's our reminder. He's the one that keeps us accountable because he noticed such a significant change in his own life in allowing for those moments of mindfulness and meditation and stretching his body. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. My husband's brother keeps telling him, I think you would like it. He just still hasn't gotten around mm -hmm. to doing it. <laughs> uh, so final few questions. Uh, where is the best place to connect with you at? Well, I have two resources that I want to share, but the big one is I'm doing a landing page just for your audience. And so if you go to mama says namaste forward slash peaceful power, you will land on a landing page just for you. And the things that I have on there, I have the, the Explore, Respect, Listen, Connect. It's called a Guidelines for Life printable that I did. And I have that with a little bit of elaboration on each one of those. And I also have a printable that is Namaste, and it is an acronym where I um, address the things that that help me to bring namaste into the rest of my life. And it's, you know, of course we understand namaste as being, you know, my, what my soul recognizes, honors, respects and adores, you know, the, the peace and kindness in your soul. And you have that, that element of connection, but how can I break this down a little bit so that I can take it into every day? And so I have in for notice the present moment. A, ask, what is my goal? What's my intention with this? Am I trying to cut down or am I trying to be love? Make amends for M. A, allow for feedback. Allow other people to give you input. S, stay silent and observe. See what you see before barreling into things. T, take action. Don't just dream about one day, but do it now. And E, explore the potential. When things don't go your way, ask, what does this make possible? 
So I have two printables on there and I'm also going to put some links to uh, a few blog posts and things that are helpful based on our conversation today, including the educational resources page for those who are interested in unschooling. Um, and also I have my own podcast and we, I do it series focused. So I create kind of binge worthy content. And the first series is be the good, see the good. And it's all about understanding the personality styles in your family. Um, and this next series I am doing with my husband, Nathan, and it, the focus is on relationships. And that one's laughter, humble pie, and lots of sex. So I, <laughs> I want to send you to the website so you don't have to remember all of it. Go to the website and go to that page, and I will have links for you to connect in all of those ways. That is so awesome. Yes, and all of this will be in the show notes, um, so you can just find it at andreaclawson.com slash podcast 93 it will be. So if people are looking for the show notes, all of those links will be there. And um, I cannot wait. And I definitely, I listened to her podcast, and that's how I found Ashley was listening to her I think I was just Googling yoga podcasts or just podcasts and yours popped up and I listened and that's where I was like, Oh, I love this personality types. And I checked out your website and I love what you're doing. So that's where I thought oh, you'd be a great you. guest. Thank you. Yes. So my final question, I like to give a weekly challenge to the listeners. And when I have guests on, I have you guys throw out a little weekly challenge. So what would you like it to be this week for everyone? All right. This it was really exciting. Of course, I had tons of ideas. So I brainstormed with my husband. And this is what we together, since we're doing our series right now on connection and relationships, this is what the challenge is. When you are doing yoga, you stretch your muscles and you're really focused on it. And we're hyper aware of our bodies and we connect ourselves and with ourselves. We tune into the very essence of who we are. And so my challenge is for you to go home and create that same connection with your family. So every day this week, make it a point to intentionally reach out and touch each of your family members at least once during the day. Because physical touch is so powerful and in our fast paced lives, sometimes we miss that connection. You know, we'll go by each other and not ever touch one another. But it's really hard to stay emotionally distant when you are physically connected. So reach out, touch, touch each other, hold your child's hand, rub their back, give them a hug, stop and kiss your partner, really kiss, be in the moment, make love, hold each other. And when you touch, stop the whirlwind and bring that meditative mindset that you have in yoga that allows you to fully experience the connection and do that with the ones that you love the most. That is awesome. And that is definitely a great challenge and one that we have not had before. So I like that. Great. I like to be unique too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. It's such a pleasure. And um, I cannot wait for everyone to tune into her podcast and check out what she's doing because it's super, um, I think it's such helpful information and relevant for everyone to kind of work on our communication and um, personality types and getting to know people. And if you're interested in unschooling and the RV life, I mean, a great resource as well. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a pleasure. Thanks again. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.